the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be back with you. We've got a lot to cover today. And uh, first and foremost, in a few moments, I'm going to play the interview uh, that I did with Cynthia Hughes on January 6th. Uh, she's the founder of the Patriot Freedom Project. I think that deserves uh, to be heard uh, again for my listeners. I, I did that on the Andrea K show on Monday uh, evening. So I'm going to play that. So that's coming up. And we'll also talk with Todd Benzman. Todd Benzman, which brings me to what we, what you need to know today. What you need to know today is his book called Overrun. It's named Overrun. It's from Post Hill Press. It's It's going to be, I hope, a sensation. Because the excerpt that is running right now on the front page of the New York Post lays out what is, I I think it's impeachable. Well, I don't know. No, maybe it's not impeachable because it looks like the Mexican government was doing it. But but the excerpt that is used, Todd Benzman, to illustrate the importance of his book is that the Mexican government had prepared a law, a set of laws to pass in the hours after the November 2020 election when they knew Biden had won and they needed to do, they wanted to do that so that they could pass a law. And the law said that 60 days from now, anyone who's got kids held in a detention center in Mexico for migrants must be released. In fact, cannot be allowed to stay. And so just two months later on January 11th, the folks, thousands and thousands were forced out and they went right to the border. And by the time they got to the border, it was time to go across because the Biden administration had changed the rules and the doors were wide open. And here's the key thing. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Todd about this. I dug into some. I don't have a full set of galleys of his book, but I have some of the background. And Todd interviewed. He has sources, one of which is the ambassador to Mexico uh, from the United States, the U.S. ambassador to Mexico, who had been working hand in glove with the Mexican government on policies that the Trump administration wanted. And he, in that interview with Todd Benzman, reports, and I'll ask him about this to see if I'm right, that, that the um, that the situation he was totally in the dark about. So here's my, here's what you need to know. By the time we get to election 2020, The Mexican government controlled by the cartels, right? We all acknowledge that. There is not a Mexican government. There is drug cartels that control the government. They control the army. They control the politicians. So the Mexican cartels, the terrorists of Mexico, the cartels are rooting for for Joe Biden to win and Donald Trump to lose. Because why? Because as soon as it's through, they're going to pass a set of laws that are going to work perfectly in sync With the Biden administration. So the Mexican cartels are going to pass a law that forces migrants and allows forces them out of the detention centers and into the streets to go across the border where the Biden administration is going to welcome them. And what's going to happen? More drugs, more trafficking, more fees for mules, more control of the border by the drug cartels. Now, if anybody could prove that this was coordinated 
it would be like searching for the the sort of uh, the contacts. You know, there were reports. It's never been confirmed that the um, Reagan administration had been in touch with the uh, Iranians about the hostages in the days before the inauguration of Reagan. Now, Reagan was already he'd won the election. He was getting ready to go to off into office. And there's and of course, the, the Iranian hostages were released the day of the inauguration in January of uh, 1981. But this is a little different. Because this required the Mexican government to be ready to pass these laws on on November 6th, I think it was, November 7th, just within 72 hours, according to Todd Benzman. And then the law was set up in order to take advantage of what would have been the Biden change in the administration uh, policies. If you could find out if that was coordinated, first of all, isn't it possible Isn't it possible to say that the cartels and the Mexican government were clearly, therefore, rooting for <clears throat> excuse me Biden to win and and do we have any evidence that the Mexican government was trying to influence the election because you would think they would want that if that's to their advantage and clearly the cartels which run Mexico thought it was to their advantage this should be a major scandal. What you need to know is the fact that this is now reported by Todd Benzman in the New York Post and his book overrun has a lot more uh, information like this it should be a scandal of the first order of the highest order. What you need to know is our government is basically kowtowing the Biden administration to the Mexican cartels to for their preference on how to handle this. Or maybe say it differently, the Bidens want the flood of immigrants, the Biden administration wants the flood of immigrants, so they told the Mexicans what to do. Either way, it's damning. Either way, it's damning, and it should be a scandal. But I, I don't know if it will be. We'll see if the media picks it up other than the, other than the New York Post. All right. That's all I've got. Uh, well, that's what you need to know right now. We'll come back. we got a, some great interviews. We'll talk to Benzman. Uh, and then later on, I'll play this interview that I had with Cynthia Hughes. Extraordinary. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with our old friend Todd Benzman. I can say that now, Todd. I think you might be close to the top of the uh, number of appearances on the Pro-America Report. Uh, Todd Benzman, of course, is the Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies and author. And uh, we were just talking off the air. Amazingly, we've been talking for, I don't know, a couple of months, maybe longer, about his book uh, that was going to come out. And now it's coming out in February. We all thought, oh, February's far off it's february and so here comes the book uh so welcome back uh todd benzman and uh, congratulations on the book it comes out on the 21st of february but it is excerpted in the new york post uh must first of all as an author you've written at least one other book and you write all the time but there is something about a book that's very satisfying it must be uh, sort of exciting to get to this point i'll just say this is the fun part where I just get to talk about it, what I did <laughs> and what I wrote, you know, but the, the writing was just, uh, Oh my God, it was really, uh, you know, it was really a lift. I'll just put it that way. I'm not going to complain, but it was tough. Well, and, and Todd Benson's our guest. The book is called over one is named overrun. Um, but Todd, uh, the events overrun you the whole time. The book has overrun how Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. Even when you're constantly rewriting a book to keep it up to date, there's a point where you have to stop a couple months before and the, the facts keep overrunning you. I mean, so what, what's, how do you feel about that part of it? Is it, is it, I, I don't, I'm, I'm only half kidding. I know it's not out of date, but you could almost add another chapter every day. No, you're right. It's tricky to do, to, to write a book about 
a story that is still in process. It's yeah. still in progress. Uh, this thing uh, is only probably half over if you if you judge it against a presidential term, uh, because I do I do lay full responsibility for what's happening on the border on the Biden administration, starting literally on inauguration day. But my view of this is that this is American history. This is a major piece of American history that, that we are living. And uh, two years of that history is well enough to go ahead and document that first part of it. Uh, and that's one of the most important parts of the, the this historic event anyway, because it's how we got into it, how it started and why it started and what it looked like, because you can't begin to chart your way out unless you understand how you got in. Uh, and I think that's what this book provides. The service that it provides is this is how we got in. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's how to understand the dynamics of mass immigration so that we can get out of it in a hurry maybe in two years. Uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman. Todd, the, the excerpt that's in the post, it's powerful already, I tell you, the uh, because it's kind of like a whodunit. Um, uh, just within uh, within a day or two of uh, uh, the election in November of 2020, the Mexican government uh, passed a special law. So they passed a special law. It's got a high, high highbrow title. Various articles of the migration law and the law on refugees are reformed. I guess I guess that, maybe that's not the law. This is the what was described, but basically the president of Mexico signs this law that had been pre-written and pre sort of filed. And the law said 60 days later in January of 2021, as Trump's leaving, the law prohibited any of the Mexican detention centers that had migrants um, with, with uh, minor children. And so they basically on January 11th, they started emptying out the facilities, the detention facilities, forcing people out, knowing that they would go to the U.S. border. Right. That's exactly what happened. There was a pre-written. It had already been it was in the shoot. It was in the chamber during the election campaign. Uh, the NGOs had gone down there and helped the Mexicans write this thing. Remember, that Donald Trump had been forcing the Mexicans to take Title 42 returns and remain in Mexico returns. We were pushing back everybody who border, that Border Patrol found and making the Mexicans take care of them. And family units are especially problematic, expensive. They have special needs. There's babies, there's children, there's women who are pregnant, etc. And the Mexicans were absolutely bridling over having to take on this massive burden that they knew they didn't need to take on because they all wanted to go to America. They all were heading to the U.S. Trump wouldn't let them in. So they created a law that required Mexico to uh, release any family with children under a certain age. That was the law. Right. And they timed it to pass two days after the American election. Uh, or I think I've got within 72 hours, they had passed it. And, and two days after that, it was on the Mexican president's desk and he signed it and it had a delayed fusion a, f a delayed fuse. I'm sorry. Uh, for 60 days, it would not go into effect 
so that the transition period of the Trump administration would be largely passed and over before this law actually took effect. Ten days before Trump leaves, it goes into effect. Those families are released. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of those families surge toward the Biden border. And on Inauguration Day, Biden exempted all of them from Title 42 and that they came through. That's when they started literally. That's why on Inauguration Day, you saw just tens upon tens of thousands of families just pulsing through the Texas border and getting onto buses within a few days and heading into the interior on these conveyor belt uh, system that was created that day. And it has never stopped. Uh, Todd Benzman uh, is our guest. His book is called oh, is named Overrun Post Hill Press. Todd, on that reporting, how do you know it was pre-filed, pre-written? Has uh, that been uh, uncovered? Did you have sources that tell you that? Is, and then second question is, if Trump had won, would they have not done it? They absolutely would not have done it. There would have been no point in doing okay. it because Trump was, as I point out in the book, and not in not everything is in that excerpt. Right. But as I point out in the book, you know, Trump was telling the Mexicans, if you don't do what I want you to do and take all these families back that we uh, kick back to you, we're going to ruin your economy with progressive trade tariffs. Uh, that obviously was something that the Mexicans took very seriously. So they did whatever that president wanted to do. Biden president was quite different. Uh, presidency was quite different. They understood that Biden was was not going to retain that trade tariff threat against the Mexicans. And of course, he hasn't. So um, but getting back to your to your question about sourcing, the U.S. media has never investigated this law. This law is absolutely vital. It's the pivotal thing that caused this mass migration from the onset. And uh, it's remarkable that no media has they, now it's been mentioned in passing uh at one point they quoted Mayorkas saying yeah this mexican law we had to do it uh but then they never sent a reporter down there but but, but um, todd do you, can, do, you, do you do you know that it was how do you know i mean do you have sources that tell you it was pre-filed and i mean obviously it passed so fast they were waiting hoping and and praying that it would be uh biden so they could do it but did you did you confirm that Yes, the in two ways. Uh, one is that there there are sources within the human rights community or the migrant advocacy community that were all over this, and they on their websites they have been talking about it. They knew all about it, uh, and so a lot of my primary sourcing is from them uh, and their their web pages and their websites and their comments and analysis about that Mexican law. So you can find it in their um, biosphere. Hmm. But then beyond that, I interviewed the uh, Trump ambassador who was uh, to Mexico, uh, Chris Landau, uh, who explained how the whole thing worked and how the Mexicans kept that a secret from him and his staff uh, for the transition period and that they found out about it like just 10 days before the administration's final days and that they he hit the roof absolutely infuriated they screwed him over uh his mexican counterparts you know they they had this relationship for four years 
where, you know, any kind of law that affected immigration, they would all be talking about it together. They weren't going to surprise the president who was holding progressive trade tariffs over their heads. Right. Uh, so so some of this comes from my interview with with, with Ambassador uh, Landau, who is quoted on the record in the book. Hmm. Wow. Um, as you say, and nobody's covering it. I mean, I mean, this that, that, in some ways. I, I don't mean to be too dramatic, but it's a little bit like I, I, I thought to myself of like when um, Jimmy Carter was about to leave office and, and Reagan was coming in, there was action. You know, the Iranians released the hostages within moments. You know, it's the sort of flip side. It, in this case, as soon as the uh, as soon as Trump is out the door, they've already got the thing set up so that the, the floodgates are opening. I mean, it's that it's that um, that clear. They didn't wait till February 1st. They went right ahead. Yeah, this was most definitely the uh, a November surprise. You know, I didn't call it that, but, you know, they called that the October surprise surprise the one you're talking about with the iranian hostages but this would be a a november surprise for sure and i think you know here we are two years later and it's still a surprise nobody's still covered this thing what the mexicans did and my book is filled with that sort of um, mexican duplicity uh against the biden administration they do not respect this presidency at all they are constantly uh you know, reneging on their deals with the Biden administration every day, every month hmm. doing it in the, in their face. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Uh, Todd Benzman, I got to run Todd Benzman. His book is called overrun from post Hill press. I'll put it up on social media and this a, a great choice of excerpts. I know that's a big uh, sort of an art too, because you want people to be like, Holy cow, I better read the rest of that book. It's a great excerpt on a, a as you say, a historic moment in American uh, life in our sovereignty. By the way, I drop a footnote, Todd. You you made the link. I think we're going to see more of the conversation uh, to the use of tariffs to to try to fight back on sovereignty. Um, I, I know the Chinese question is is being sort of revisited, and and the uh, ironically, it, the Democrats used to like tariffs because they seem to protect American jobs. In this case is a Democrat president who is willing to uh, you know wants to get rid of t- tariffs against the Chinese against uh, against against the uh, uh, Mexican uh, government or at least the threat. So, uh, Todd Benzman, everybody. Thanks, Todd. I got to run. Todd Benzman, I'll put it all up on social media. He's a national treasure. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. We'll be back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin. Cynthia Hughes is the founder of the Patriot Freedom Project. If you go to PatriotFreedomProject.com, you'll see uh, the work that they do. Her nephew, Tim, was arrested after January 6th. Never had a violent crime in his life. Was a military guy. And now he's doing time for having been in the Capitol. It's a a terrifying story, horrifying story. But he is one of hundreds. And uh, beside them are thousands of family members and loved ones and, you know, wives and girlfriends and employers and people that are impacted. And that's the larger part of the Patriot Freedom Project uh, is to make sure that the certainly that these guys, mostly guys, but there are some women that are in trouble, get lawyers. And that's a part of it because you got to get the right kind of lawyers that are fighters and that are fearless and cost you money, but also the families. And they, they a lot of these um, men, mostly, again, that are in prison, they have kids and they have um as i often say uh cynthia they they don't a lot of them don't have a mortgage they have rent 
right? They're in that point point in their life where they haven't bought yet or they might buy, but they're, and so, you know, you just, it's a different uh, setup when your rent is due and you're in jail. I mean, so, uh, Cynthia Hughes, welcome to the uh, program. I guess, you know, for listeners of the Andrew K show that haven't heard of you, um, maybe, maybe, um, how did you end up here? I mean, this is like going on a couple of years now, but how did you end up doing this? <laughs> well, Ed, thank you for having me. And uh, hello to everybody listening. Um, how did I end up here? Hmm. Well, um, so, you know, Tim, as everybody knows him as my nephew, um, he's not my biological nephew, as you know, Ed. Right. Um, and... I grew up with his parents. I was very close with his mother and there were a lot of problems in his home. And so periodically throughout his life, he would come and stay with me, especially in the better part of his teens um, into his adulthood. And um, some bad things happened to Tim in his life and very unfortunate things. And uh, I made a pact with him and uh, a decision many, many years ago to um, end my friendship with his mother so I could be his family. And I don't say that or tell you that because I want people to go, oh, you know, this person. Um, it was just the right thing to do. Uh, I, I've, I've grown up with my own problems and been separated from my mother, unfortunately, um, you know, when I was a kid. And, and so I understood Tim. And Tim has been let down by all the adults in his life. Um, and um, he really just always weighed very heavy on my heart. So, um, I know that survival mode very, very well, and I had to do it most of my own life. And, um, so there was no way I was going to let Tim be alone in this. And, um, and so over the course of the two years that Tim has been, well, over two years now that Tim has been incarcerated, um, I would hear him, you know, he would ask me things like, you know, Tim went, when he went to jail, he had a little bit of money in the, in his savings account, you know, a few thousand dollars. And he would call me and he would say, um, <clears throat> he would say things like, you know, could you take money out of my savings and put it in so-and-so's commissary? Or could you buy a book for this one? Or could you, you know, could you start a magazine subscription for this one? Could you help this one's wife? You know, and it got to be where, Tim, I can't continue to take money. This is the only money you're going to have when you come out. And we have to be very, you know, very smart about that. And so at the same time, um, you know, we needed to get Tim a new lawyer. He was um, saddled with a um, a CJA and not that he was a bad attorney, but he was a very, um, he hated Donald Trump and he, he could never conversate with Tim or myself without mentioning that to us. Mm. And so Tim did not want to move forward with him. Tim was going to represent himself before he had moved forward with him. Oh, and so I just kind of went on a mission to find an attorney that we could afford and um, you know, that, that maybe I could get appointed by the court. And, and I did. And when I figured out how to do all that and I started talking to different people, um, I just kind of learned and thought to myself, like I could probably help other people that are in the same predicament as Tim. There's a lot of people that are, you know, in this either behind bars or maybe they got out of jail or maybe they were arrested and they didn't go to jail and they're waiting for their day in court that are alone in this and it's very sad. And uh, so I just really felt it on my heart. I really, really did. And, you know, 
unless you are, unless you have a close relationship with God and you really, you know, understand, you know, the Holy Trinity and, you know, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you, you can't, you can't make a statement like that. You can't say, well, I really felt that God put this on my heart. I did. I really and truly did. Um, I'm standing strong today because instead of being a victim to my life circumstances, I went to church and I relied heavily on my faith and I developed a very good relationship with God. And that is what has sustained me and kept me, uh, you know, standing. And do, um, do you think what, what's what's the most. Um, so, again, we're talking with Cynthia Hughes. She's the founder and the president of the Patriot Freedom Project um, dot com as a website. And she her organization. And I help her a lot. I'm actually serving the board with her now because uh, I, I my, as listeners of my program know. Uh, and I've talked on Andrew, Andrew K show before. I, I help represent some of these guys. And but um, Cynthia's got now this community of people who the common thread is. Their loved one is either in jail or facing jail because of January 6th. What's the biggest challenge for people? I, and I don't mean like the cost of milk or their rent is, it, it, you know, it feels like it, that, that that it's not that they're forgotten. It feels like some of it is they're forgotten, but some of it is that 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 the the Congress under Pelosi and the media, they they've tried to make everybody hate them. Is that the big? I mean, I, I guess I should have asked you what's the biggest problem. But I mean, it feels like it's a it's a terribly difficult thing. Someone going to jail and then it just feels really unfair and unkind. Yeah, I mean, well, Ed, you know, there isn't one specific thing. There are multiple things, you know, there's and the cost of milk is one of them, you know, because you have you have women out here who, you know, relied on you know, two incomes in their home and with their husband behind bars, that's not, you know, that's non-existent. So you have women, you know, who, you know, can't go and get a second job or take on more hours because they have young children at home. And so, you know, maybe they're, you know, they're turning to social services or maybe that we have, we have here, we have one wife who I connected with last year. She has, uh, you know, three children and um, her husband is in jail. He's been in jail for two years he took a plea deal. He's now serving his sentence and he's going to be in jail for several more years. I mean, she was going and donating plasma once a month to get extra money to just to put food on the table. Um, so, so that's just one little thing. You know, we have another family, um, who's, uh, the woman, her husband is one of your clients, uh, Jose Padilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this young lady and her three sons, they were about to have their first visit this week with their loved one. And um, that's not going to happen because even though the the jail in D.C. has now opened up and and is allowing, you know, a visit, um, she has three boys and they're only allowing three people in for a visit um, at a time. So what is she supposed to do? Choose between her three sons. Um, So they're not going to have that, you know, that visit now with with uh, with their loved one. And I think that that is that's another challenge. Let's talk about the lawyers. You know, um, you have lawyers who have young children, you know, let's talk about attorney Joe McBride. He has, you know, two babies basically at home. You know, you're talking time away from your children, your home, your family, long periods of time, long stretches of time. You have to comb through discovery, evidence, you know, figure out who your witnesses are going to be, figure out who the government's witnesses are going to be. The, the list is long with, with the challenges in this and, 
you just have a government that does not care. These judges, they do not see, you know, the peril beyond the defendant that is standing in front of them. Now, don't get me wrong, Ed. You and I have talked about this. We don't condone any acts of violence towards the police or any member of Congress. Right. But there's a lot to be said here and there's a lot of digging to do and we need to get to the bottom of a lot of things. Um, you know, we know Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Um, you know, we know Roseanne Boylan was murdered. We know there were some other questions about people possibly being murdered. Um, there's, there's too much here. There is just too much here. And we have a DOJ and a government that doesn't care about American citizens. They don't care what's happening in the homes of these men. And they're jailing people on nonviolent crimes. And they're just, they're being spiteful because they don't like President Trump. And that is really what it boils down to. And it is a sick game that this government is playing. We're talking again with uh, Cynthia Hughes, and she's the founder of the Patriot Freedom Project, uh, PatriotFreedomProject.com. If you go there, uh, you're listening to the Andrea K. Show. Ed Martin filling in for Andrea K. Um, Cynthia, is um, is the I, – I, I, it's crazy to say that – I know this, but our listeners may not. It, it's, it's not even like half over. I mean, it, it, a lot of these – men again mostly are still in jail they haven't had their trials the many are haven't been sentenced uh more more uh, kind of surprising to me and, and not kind of really surprising is the fbi is contacting people saying we're going to come arrest you for what happened to you two plus years ago i mean it's it's not it's not stopping is my point it's not it may it may be slowing in the sense that it's now a steady rhythm um it's not like a hundred at once but it's but it's not it's not changing no, it, it, it really isn't. And um, I think that, you know, as we come into the presidential campaign season, which we know is going to ramp up here very soon, um, I, I see this getting a lot worse. You know, there are people in Congress, in the Senate, um, in the country that are going to do anything and everything they possibly can to keep Donald Trump off of the 2024 ballot. And to do that, they're going to step on Americans. They're still arresting people. They're still, uh, they're not really conducting the violent raids that we were seeing in the beginning of this. And let me tell you, those raids were really, really violent. I mean, women were being, they were, I mean, they had guns pointed at them, children, doors kicked in, you know, homes were being, you know, just turned upside down. You know, we have a family in Florida, um, you know, where uh, their, their home was raided, violently raided. And um, it's a farm. It's a big piece of property. There was a ton of agents that came there. They were throwing flash bombs everywhere. Um, the bathroom in, in this home caught on fire because of a, a flash, you know, the flashbang. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of fallout here. And a lot of this, this is never going to go away for anybody. You know, even once the dust eventually settles, which I don't see happening for several years, um, these people are going to live with this forever. You know, we're going to live with this forever. Tim, my nephew is going to live with this forever. You know, he had a hard life as it is. Um, and, and, you know, maybe had trust issues if, if you will, mm -hmm. and think about what that's going to be like for him now. You know, he was in the army. Uh, he was an army reservist. He was just about to hit his 12th year. He was kicked out of the army. Like he was nothing by this government. They didn't even wait for his charges to be adjudicated. He's going to come out here to nothing. They took his uh, job. They took his um, his his career in the military. They took his housing because he lived on a military base. 
they took his freedom. They denied him his First Amendment rights. He's behind bars because of words, because of pictures, because of books that he reads and nothing else. He is not behind bars because of his participation on January 6th. He is behind bars because this DOJ, the prosecution, and most of all, the judge did not like him. And that is the Uh, bottom line. Cynthia, before we run out of time again, Cynthia, who's our guest and she's the founder and president of the PatriotFreedomProject.com. One of the things that I was uh, drawn to when I, you know, a lot of people are, are worried about certain things. They get involved in certain sort of political activism. When I met Cynthia and, uh, and talked to her, you're, you're focused on sort of the human side of this, the impact on people. The, the Patriot Freedom Project, uh, runs a, a weekly call. It's kind of a support call, does a prayer call, has different things going on, has a Christmas party with Santa for some of the, some of the, uh, um, the kids of these, uh, uh, inmates now. Um, tell our listeners about this docu-series that, you know, and I've helped you, we developed, uh, that, that really, it, it shows the faces, not not even of the lawyers. There's some good lawyers, and we want to highlight them. You mentioned Joe McBride. There's a guy named Nick Smith who's really talented. It's good, and I'm happy to highlight lawyers. But lawyers kind of get paid, and their livelihood is to figure out how to do well. These families are are really striking, and they're and they really get you to understand the impact. And tell tell our, our listeners and where to find the trailer for uh, this docu series that's coming out in the next few weeks. Yeah. So, um, you know, our docuseries, um, I wanted to, you know, I was watching all these different documentaries that were coming out and, and, and they're very important. We, we need to have them and, and they, they tell a story, you know, some are very, uh, very credible and very profound. Some others, not so much, but, um, but they don't really talk about, you know, the, the human travesty. And, and to me, that's, that's the women and the children. Um, and even the lawyers in some fashion, right. Um, so I felt it was really important that we create a docu-series, not so much a documentary, but a docu-series to show what is happening to, you know, these American families and how these children are being separated from their fathers. You have babies, you have babies, um, you know, that were infants when their dad went to jail. Um, and you have kids that are going to be separated from their fathers for many years. Um, and I felt it was very important that the country saw the human the humanitarian side of this. And, and that's what you're going to find in episode one, which is going to be out um, in the coming days, as a matter of fact. And so to see the trailer, uh, you can go to dueprocessdenied.org and you can learn all about our docuseries and, um, and see the trailer to the upcoming uh, three-part series uh, and possibly more than that. Um, uh, Alex Brusowitz, he is the uh, producer um, with X Strategies of the the docu series, and um, we have you're you're gonna. All I can say is when you see it, whoever watches it, and it's going to be free. You better have a box of tissues because <laughs> I can't even get through it without. And I'm and I'm living it, and I'm and I'm connected with these families, but it's brutal. It's brutal. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The January 6th Select Committee's unfounded criminal referrals would go to special counsel Jack Smith, who was named to take charge of the politicized investigation into Donald Trump, but who has consistently avoided appearing in public since his appointment. 
Jack Smith reminds movie buffs of the George Kaplan character in Alfred Hitchcock's Cold War thriller North by Northwest, in which a U.S. intelligence agency created a non-existent decoy to divert attention from its real double agent. The phenomenal journalist Julie Kelly of the American Greatness website exposed how the attorney general pretended to turn over the Trump investigation to a special counsel in order to shift attention away from the Democrat hacks who are really running it. Attorney General Merrick Garland's announcement that Jack Smith was taking over the investigation was a public relations stunt designed to pretend that there would be independent oversight of the investigation of the leading Republican candidate for president. In the absence of meaningful supervision, the DOJ served subpoenas on officials in all seven battleground states where Trump supporters properly questioned the election results. It's impossible to miss the fact that Democrats on Capitol Hill are using the DOJ as their club to intimidate Republicans, even as those Democrats sit in the minority. Thankfully, the Republican Congress is not obligated to take this beating indefinitely. They can employ the power of the purse to punish the DOJ's abuse of taxpayer funding any time they wish to do so. The only question is whether these Republicans will have the backbone to do what they're constitutionally empowered to do, or if they will revel in their own distress in order to generate more fundraising campaigns. As grassroots Americans, we have to see through both the charade of the January 6th committee and the charade of majority Republicans pretending to be helpless victims. Our nation is hungry for real answers and for the champions who will boldly proclaim them. Will any members of Congress rise to the challenge? This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators whose slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Let's finish up. I just got a minute or so with a little bit of a smile on my face. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday is not exactly uh, the weekend, the holiday, uh, to now talk about dieting, right? But because on my house, we had chili, hot dogs, all kinds, 17 uh, types of um, of chips. We had uh, uh, cookies, brownies. Somebody brought a crab dip. It never stopped. So it's not exactly, it makes me smile to the day after. But I, I read another article on how things like this, this article is so funny. It says, if you, it, it, a new study says, if you have a better diet, uh, you're less likely to be obese. Well, I mean, it's like saying, you know, if you if you want to lower your pasta, uh, your cholesterol level, you, you should probably eat things lower in cholesterol. I mean, totally obvious. But I will say this. There is a growing uh, knowledge, a growing sense of the power of considering that everything you eat is like a drug, meaning it has some impact on your brain and your body. And if you think about, you know, there's a lot of people talk about reframing how you think about something. If you reframe what you eat into 
what is this incoming thing due to my brain, my body, my energy? And think of it that way. It, maybe it changes the way you, you know, inhale things. I'm not sure it'll work for me. I tell you, there was some sort of a chocolate dipper at the uh, at the Super Bowl party, and I think I had about seven of them when nobody was looking. So not good for my health, but good fun. But anyway, there's a lot on that, and there's more coming. I think it's better than it was in the past. You know, the, the food pyramid turned out to be a little bit of a fraud, or at least not based on facts. So we'll both talk more. Thank you, Noah Dingley, our great, great uh, producer, Ryan Hyde, associate producer. Thanks for listening. Be back tomorrow. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.